The U.S. Senate is hidebound, hegemonic, and overwhelmingly made up of middle-aged white men. But if Democrats score big on election night, the chamber's demographics will undergo a subtle but important shift towards a younger, more racially mixed, and gender-balanced group. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call, joined by Roll Call senior editor David Hawkins, who's looked at the demographics of the Senate's potential class of 2016. David, you write no more than 14 states will elect new senators next month. Only 18 challengers or open seat candidates have a real shot at winning. Uh, this cohort is disproportionately female, and you say not as white as the current group of senators? Uh, that's actually, that is actually true. So if, if there's a Democratic sweep, there's the potential that the number of women in the Senate could go from a record 20 uh, to a much bigger record, 25. Actually, a quarter of the United States Senate uh, could be women. There are some academics and political scientists and, and, and feminist activists who say that size of a jump uh, would be effective parity, that once you have 25 uh, percent of, a, of an important group, whether it be a corporate board or a political legislature or a city council, that gives would give women if effectively an equal seat at, at the table. Now, if the Republicans run the table on election night, which seems highly unlikely, it's actually possible that the number of female senators could decline by one. It's currently 20, could actually go down to 19. There is one woman on, among these 18 who is virtually certain to win. Kamala Harris, the attorney general of California, is a sure bet to pick up the open Senate seat being left open by another woman, Barbara Boxer. But the other woman who is retiring, Barbara Mikulski, a Democrat from Maryland, is sure to be replaced by a man, a Democratic man to be sure, but it's not a woman, woman for woman trade. Yes, yes. And uh, so one quarter women, a, a possible record there. We also could see a boost in the number of Hispanic senators, possibly also the arrival of the Senate's first millennial. What's a millennial again? <laughs> So a millennial is, um, most, most demographers say that a millennial is somebody who was born in the last century, but came of age, came to adulthood in this, this century after the millennial. Uh, there are none in the current uh, Senate. There could be uh, two, actually, one, not one, but two in the new Senate. Uh, Jason Kander, who is the Secretary of State in Missouri, has made a late surge and is now in a toss-up race against Republican incumbent Roy Blunt and Patrick Murphy. Uh, who is, I think he was 16 on uh, the day that Y2K happened. Yes. He's a congressman from Florida. He is the challenger to Marco Rubio. If he wins and Marco Rubio loses, uh, that would mean that there could be uh, as few as two Latinos in the Senate, uh, but there is a chance that another uh, Hispanic would win. She'd actually be the first Latina ever in the Senate. Uh, her name is Catherine Cortez Masto. She's the former attorney general in Nevada, and she is in effectively a toss-up race for the seat that Harry Reid is leaving open out there. And one more thing to add on the topic of age, which is that these, these two millennials aren't the only younger senators coming in. There's several more born in the 60s and 70s. And in the end, the average age of these 18 uh, on Inauguration Day 2017 would be 55 years and three months old. That's a full six years younger than the Senate average today. You've also noted that the newcomers may be better educated with more advanced degrees. I thought there was already a decent number of doctors of law in the chamber. Uh, there are plenty, but it's, uh, it's still only a bare majority. Today's Senate has 54 uh, senators with law degrees. Uh, there are actually a quarter of the Senate stopped their education after getting a bachelor's degree. Every one of them has at least a college degree. Next year, th this cohort of 18 potential new senators that I write about, 17 of them actually have 
what's called a terminal degree. That guy Patrick Murphy I mentioned a minute ago, uh, only a bachelor's degree. The other 17, I think there are 12 lawyers, five medical doctors, uh, and two with academic PhDs. So a pretty well-educated bunch. As far as religion goes, on the other hand, the collective profile of the aspirants is fairly similar to what we have now in the Senate. Uh, you wrote five are Catholic, a half identify with mainstream Protestant denominations. And, and right, and, and two are Jewish, so, and that is remarkably similar to the proportions uh, in today's Senate. So it's, there's, no, there's not going to be any big change in the religion's balance there. It's interesting that with national security issues always swirling around the chamber and all the deliberations, we're, we're seeing fewer and fewer veterans in Congress. Uh, and you wrote that military service, which was once so essential to a smooth political rise, is central to the biography of only one of the potential senators. That's right. Tammy Duckworth, who uh, who is now ahead, she is the favorite to defeat Mark Kirk, the incumbent Republican in Illinois. Uh, she is. She would be a, a a breakthrough candidate in several ways this year. She's she's Asian American. She's female, uh, and she was an Army National Guard pilot who was her helicopter was actually shot down in Iraq by Iraqi insurgents firing RPGs in 2004. She lost both of her legs, and it is essential an essential element of her political story was this was this heroism. Roll Call Senior Editor David Hawkins, profiling possible members of the Senate Class of 2016. I'm Adriel Bettelheim. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can find all of our podcasts at rollcall.com forward slash podcasts.